is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, it's historic, it's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. Finally, it is back to winning ways for Pompey. Dale whips it deep towards the far post. Raggett, the target, knocks it down and into the back of the net. And Sean Raggett has his first Portsmouth goal of the season. Forest Green Rovers nil, Portsmouth 1. The undisputed GOAT, Sean Raggett with his first goal of the season, giving Pompey a 1-0 victory over Forest Green Rovers on Saturday. Well, Mingy's season is in full swing. His full league debut on the weekend, and he has been speaking to Max Watton about what he has had to do to get to this stage. So much work, honestly, like, I can't even explain it. Like, training every day, like, off-season, every, literally everything, diets, just constantly just trying to better myself every day. A lot, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. We'll hear from Jay Mingy between now and 7 o'clock, as well as the post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley, who talks about the fan response to the recent run of form and how that has played a big part to the three points at the weekend. When a team struggles, they seem to always feel that and know how to pick them up and help them. And uh, we needed them today because it wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination. I think we had a really good start. I think we carried goal threat throughout, but I didn't think we had the, the control that we would have liked. Well, back to winning ways for the men on Saturday, but not such a good result for the Pompey women this weekend, losing away at Oxford United. Later on this evening, we'll hear the post-match thoughts of their head coach, Jay Sadler, who takes full responsibility for their defeat on Sunday. We obviously went with a, a different profile of front three. Um, it didn't work, and I feel fatigued. The accountability is on me. We, we've asked a lot of her in, in that role, and it hasn't worked. 81400 is the text number this evening if you'd like to have your say on anything Pompey-related between now and 7 o'clock. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. You join us here on a Monday evening, 6 o'clock. It's the best time of the day. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to yet another instalment of the Footblower here on Express FM, brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you across the South Coast and through Hampshire with a minimum of fuss. Head to the Apple app or Google Play Store to download their app. You can track your bus, you can find out whereabouts it is, and you can also locate your nearest bus stop as well. You can also prepay for your tickets too in advance. You can do plenty on the Stagecoach app. Okay, to come between now and seven o'clock. I've got two more Pompey fans on the show to give their thoughts from the latest game. Of course, now a win to talk about finally for Pompey in the league after a barren run of four matches without a victory in League One. We'll also hear the post-match thoughts of both Jay Mingy and Danny Cowley. We'll come on to hear from Jay Sadler after the Pompey women's defeat to the Oxford United women. Uh, 
yesterday afternoon. We'll also take a look ahead to tomorrow's game between the men and Oxford United at Fratton Park in League One. Plenty of Oxford throw around between now and seven o'clock. But before we get to any of that, let's uh, take a listen to how Pompey made it their first win in five on Saturday. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. A new venue for Portsmouth to play a competitive match-out. Will it lead to a change of fortune? for Danny Cowley's side. We're underway in Gloucestershire. Pompey's first trip here. Pompey on an attack. Can they make something? Defeat of Bishop. And Bishop, oh, it's tipped on the bar by McGee. That is magnificent goalkeeping. Great forward play corner. Can Pompey find a black shirt? Here we go. Dale with deep towards the far post. Dragon, the target, knocks it down. And into the back of the net. And Sean Dragon has his first Portsmouth goal of the season. And Portsmouth have the lead in Gloucestershire. Green Rovers nil, Portsmouth one. And Curtis outside the penalty area, shoots! And puts it just wide and it's a goal kick. That was the half-time whistle, 1-0 Portsmouth lead thanks to Sean Raggett, 17th minute header. Forrest Green have it 40 yards out on the attack, go round Curtis. Chance now for O'Keefe, lost it to the far post. Griffith puts it up in the air and Swanson clears off the line. That's the closest Forrest Green have come. Kurt Harris looks into the penalty area. There's a chance for Forrest Green across the face of goal. And Armani Little's put it wide. That's the closest they've come. It's still 1-0. Ball into the box with Scarlett. Heads it wide. That's the chance to make it two. Stevenson tried to push the marker of Swanson away. It's drawn to the near post. And it's wide and behind. And Pompey survive and they still lead 1-0. And Scarlett's into the area. And Bishop the chance to win it. What a save, McGee. What a fantastic save by the former Pompey goalkeeper, the second he's made today. Defend this corner and Pompey will win the match. It's towards the penalty spot. Matt gets under it. It goes out of the area. Scarlett's trying to win it. It doesn't matter because Portsmouth are back to winning ways. They've beaten Forest Green Rovers by one goal to nil. Hard fought. They had to dig deep, but they've got the victory. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, there you go then. The highlights from the new lawn on Saturday. A new ground for the Pompey fans. The first ever competitive meeting between Portsmouth and Forest Green Rovers. And it was the Blues who held the edge over the green by winning by a goal to nil thanks to Sean Raggett's first half header. OK, some other results from the weekend. On Friday, uh, one of the earliest games of the weekend, Ipswich Town, they beat Derby County by a goal to nil at Port. Road on Saturday. Lincoln 1, Sheffield Wednesday 1, Accrington 2, Bolton 3, Bristol Rovers 2, Plymouth Argyle 2, Burton Albion 1, Cheltenham Town 0, Cambridge United 0, Port Vale 1, Exeter City 2, Fleetwood Town 1, MK Dons 0, Wickham 1, Morecambe 1, Barnsley 0, Oxford United 1, Peterborough 2, Shrewsbury Town 0, Charlton Athletic 1. So that leaves the table looking like this. Plymouth Argyle still sitting pretty at the top. 15 games played, 35 points unbeaten in seven. Ipswich Town second on 33 points. Sheffield Wednesday, Peterborough, Pompey and Bolton Wanderers make up the playoff positions. But Blues, of course, 25 points with two games in hand on the sides above them. Down at the bottom, MK Dons rock bottom on 10 points. What a 
What a season they've had so far after what was an incredible campaign last time out. Morecambe 23rd, Forest Green Rovers in 22nd and Burton Albion in 21st position. Tomorrow's opponents, which we'll come on to later, Oxford United, only one win in their last six. They are down in 19th, just four victories in the league all season. But we'll come on to talk about that later on in the show. But Because first, we have to welcome on my two guests and I'm going to start to do that before my teeth fall out. And we have joining us from the 1898 podcast, delighted to welcome on both Barry Clements and Joe Wood. First of all, Barry, it's been a pleasure to welcome you back onto the show. Not seen you face-to-face in a while. We've done quite a lot of these shows over the phone, but it's been great to actually have you here in the studio this evening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and it's good to look into Joe's eyes lovingly every time we uh, every time we talk. So, no, is, it's good. is this what it's going to be between now and you know the next fifty minutes? Absolutely, Just, it's a love cast. Today. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> I'm glad we've clarified that early. And speaking of which, Joe Wood also joins us on the football hour this evening for the first ever time. Joe. It's been an absolute pleasure again to welcome you back onto the show. Lovely, thank you. It's, it's really nice to be here and, and looking forward to talking Pompey. Yeah, uh, and positive Pompey as well, Joe. It's not just uh, what it has been for the last fortnight or so where we've come right. on and we've had a, a lot to talk about, which I will never take for granted because, let's be honest, when we lose there's more to talk about. But we don't like to lose and we don't like to go games without winning. But Saturday, Joe, Forest Green away, a 1-0 victory. It's three points, although perhaps wasn't so pretty. Yeah, I don't think you always have to to win pretty to for it to be a positive result um, especially coming off the back of that Charlton game that um, I'll be honest is probably best left in the past um, anytime you, you can go away and win and keep a clean sheet you've got to be happy with it so from my perspective I think that's a good three points and I think it speaks to the mentality of the team mm. and um, I'm sure Danny Kelly's probably instilled, instilled that he didn't sound happy no but <laughs> You know, I think I think when he really thinks about it, three points, you, you you've got to be happy with that. And Joe mentioned there, Barry, about how Danny Cowley sounded after the game, not particularly happy with it. And, and I think you could, you know you could agree with that. A one 0 victory over Forest Green, they have been one of the whipping boys in the division so far this season. Conceded thirty-two goals, the most of any side in League One. You'd like to think, aside of Pompey's calibre, with what they have shown so far this season, ambitions of promotion, maybe a two-three, four-nil victory would have. Would have been nice, but as Joe mentioned, it's three points. It doesn't matter how you win, it's just that you do. But the mentality of Danny Cowley to not be happy from that and want to grow up on it can only be positive signs for the fans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mentality-wise, it just shows what type of manager he is. He's not comfortable with us just just edging past these sort of teams. But I think privately he'll be very, very happy with the fact that we've come away with three points and and minimal issues, really, if we're, if we're being honest. Um, so, yeah, I think I think privately he'll be a lot more happy than, than what he perhaps came across in his post-match interview. Yeah. Uh, Dave Byrne on the emails has got in touch. Thank you for getting in touch, Dave. Uh, good evening, lads. Fantastic to see a couple of young players playing so well on their debuts. Overall, the performance wasn't great for several reasons, but at least we won what really was a must-win game. And if we asked uh, to, abs- to seriously have promotion ambitions, that is, the points needed for a top-six finish this year will be higher than in some recent seasons, so two points average per game will be needed, plus positive results against the other teams in the top six if we are to be successful. We are slightly behind the curve, but a win against Oxford on Tuesday will get us back on track. Our direct fixture comparison shows us we are 10 points better off than last season and currently on target for circa 84 points. If we match last season results in the remaining fixtures of course. Glad someone's done my homework day. Thank you very much for that. Oxford is always tough but as far as I'm concerned it's another must win fixture. Two under Pompey two clean sheets on the bounce somehow feels unlikely play out Pompey Dave in list. Thank you for getting in touch. 
And within the, that email, Joe, Dave mentions a couple of uh, debutants on Saturday. Five changes overall that Danny Cowley made. We'll come on to talk about a few of them in a bit more detail in a few moments' time. But I want to start off with um, Zach Swanson making his full league debut for Pompey, yeah. his first Pompey start um, in League One. And it's something that fans had been crying out for for, I'd say, probably about a fortnight now since Joe Rafferty's absence, an actual right-back playing at right-back. How would you assess how he got on Saturday? Yeah, I think that... <laughs> The reason that, that everyone's been crying out for for Zach Swanson has been we heard the fanfare in the summer of he's come from the Arsenal Academy, he's played football, he he plays at good level, and we've not seen him. Then Joe Rafferty gets injured, and and rather than us throwing him into the into the game, we instead have this weird mishmash where we end up with four centre halves on the pitch at one time, and it just it looked odd, and I think. For, for anybody, any player, it's difficult to come in into a side that's been playing well, um, into a settled side at, the, at that point, and and produce. And he's been he's been patiently waiting, and now he's showing that he's actually not everything we've expected because no. it's very difficult to do yeah. that in your first ninety minutes. But you know, he came on in the game against Charlton. Oh, I know I said I'd leave that alone, but I can't. <laughs> um, he came on against Charlton, and he looked far better than what we had previously during that game and he's just kind of carried that on I, I think I hope we're going to see more of him going forward I, I think that tomorrow night we'll probably see him start again mm. um, I know the news came out uh, maybe an hour ago that, that Joe Rafferty might make tomorrow's yeah. fixture we've heard that before though, I know I know but I can't see you giving him more <laughs> than about half an hour given no. the given this the injury um, and yeah it, it, it's what we want to see as Pompey yeah. fans. And, and, and again, I, I said this to Barry in the car on the way here, he's contracted to Portsmouth, mm. and I think that's so big at the moment. Young players are contracted to the club. Yeah. And that's why I think that's another reason people want to see him play. A very decent display indeed on Saturday from Zach Swanson, Barry. Let, let's create a scenario now. Joe Rafferty, he does eventually come back tomorrow night against Oxford. As Joe mentioned, probably not going to start. If he does, if he's back in training, we're going to ease him in very slowly. There's no need to risk him whatsoever. So let's create the scenario where Zach Swanson starts tomorrow night. Joe Rafferty comes off bench, final 15, 20 minutes of the game. Uh, but Zach Swanson has another solid performance. On Saturday at Shrewsbury, or against Shrewsbury, you've got two fully fit right-backs in Zach Swanson and Joe Rafferty. Who starts? Do you drop Zach Swanson because Joe Rafferty's back, or do you keep him in the team because of how well he's played? Well, it's an incredible headache, and I'm sure that one that Danny would really, really love to have. Um, I think, I think there is still something to be said for easing young players in, mm. especially at this level. Obviously, you know Zach was very highly thought of in Arsenal's academy, but. Um, Obviously, they, they eventually let him go, but it very much depends on what you want to do for his development. If he is if he is in a position where he's playing very well and you think he can have that run of games and come out of it the other end in a much better position, absolutely, he has to he has to keep playing as often as mm -hmm. possible. If there's any part of his game or development that you think needs a rest after a couple of starts in a row, then Rafferty has to come in. But at the end of the day, what a headache to have, and that's mm -hmm. one that I think we'd all want in every position. Absolutely. Uh, so Zach Swanson on Saturday, one of five changes Danny Cowley made from that 3-0 defeat uh, to Charlton Athletic last Monday. Uh, the other changes, of course, Ryan Tunnicliffe coming in with Ronan Curtis and Joe Piggott for uh, Joe Morrell, 
Josh Karema and Dane Scarlett. The fifth change was Jay Mingi coming in for the suspended Marlon Pack. He picked up a second yellow card at the Valley on Monday, so he was suspended for Saturday. Back tomorrow, of course, but Jay Mingi coming in uh, in his place, making his full league debut for Pompey. And what a performance he had as well. Barry was just clapping his hands. I don't know if you could hear it back home, but he was clapping his hands. And we'll come on to talk about him in a few moments. But first, let's hear what he had to say after the game. Here's Jay Mingy with Max Watton. Jay, the perfect birthday, your EFL start, and a win to go with it, and an excellent performance. How did you find it out there? No, it was just good. Like the buzz, like the fans, hearing the fans, that like, my teammates just constantly backing me up. Like, I couldn't ask for much more, and obviously the faith that everyone has put in me just had to repay, repay them. So, yeah, no, amazing feeling. Honestly, can't ask for much more. Just thanks to God, obviously, and everyone, everyone else. So yeah, it's good. What was the message from the manager for for the game? Just be myself. Just do what I do, what I'm what I'm good at, what he knows I'm good at. Um, yeah, just be free. Like have no worries, no fears. And yeah, just play hard. Just a bit more on that EFL start. How much work has gone into getting you to this to this point? It's so much work. Honestly, like I can't even explain it. Like training every day, like off season, every literally everything, diets, just constantly, just trying to better myself every day so yeah a lot a lot of blood sweat and tears how are you feeling pre-match was it more nerves excitement probably more excitement i'm a really nervous person so like i overthink a lot so i was just trying to calm myself down just trying to chill listen to music just forget about everything and then yeah the second i got on the pitch everything just went out the window and i was just completely fine so it was good and now you've hit that target now what do you do now to keep pushing forward and hopefully kick on from here just keep doing what I've been doing from before, just keep working hard. If I keep working hard and not let my standards drop, I'm sure I'll be in contention to keep on going. So, yeah. Because, of course, you played alongside an experienced midfielder in Ryan Tunnicliffe today. How much of a help was he on the pitch? He, he was a lot of help. Shout out to Tony. You know, he's always got my back, always helping me out. Couldn't have asked for much more from him, so, yeah, it was good. Just done it on the game itself, a 1-0 victory, a hard-fought 1-0 win. What's your thoughts on it? A uh, much-needed win, considering how we lost this weekend on Monday. I think we really needed that. It was very good, and it wasn't the easiest of games. Like We really dug deep, and it just shows that we can dig deep when we need to. So, yeah, great. You mentioned the fans as well. You know, travelled in numbers today, got behind the boys throughout the game. How much of an influence were they in the game today? Uh, you know, it's our 12th man, as they call it. So, no, nah, it was really good. Like, just hearing them, it just you feel it inside of you, and it just makes you just want to run hard, work hard, tackle, win every duel. So, yeah, no, nah, it's amazing. Jay Mingi thoroughly deserves all the plaudits from Saturday's performance. Arguably man of the match from the 1-0 win over Forest Green Rose. There was him talking to Henry Port after the full-time whistle at the weekend. I know, Barry, you're itching to talk about Jay Mingi. Um, but I'm going to leave you waiting because it's now time for a quick, quick break. And after we come back, we're going to hear from Danny Cowley. And we're going to find out who he's talking about here. I think he deserves real special recognition because um, he hasn't had it all of his own way. We've kept a good relationship. We've always treated each other with respect. And I think when you do that and you're good to other people, then they normally reciprocate in their behaviours. And I thought he gave everything to the group today. 81400, our text number. Start the messages with the word express. Include your name at the end as well, of course. Email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Just under 40 minutes to do all of that. Let us know your score predictions for tomorrow's visit of Oxford United to Fratton Park as well. More to come in the next part of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7. 
Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of 5 day riders for the price of 4. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, welcome back to part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. We're here until seven o'clock to discuss Pompey's 1-0 victory over Forest Green Rovers, as well as to later on preview the visit of Oxford to Fratton Park tomorrow evening. Midweek football returns to PO4 under the floodlights. We're looking forward to that one, but more from Saturday first. And uh, Barry, I teased you before the break. He's ready. You can hear his... I'm so excited. Yep. Jay Mingy. Wow. I mean, we... we We've seen glimpses this season of the potential that Jay Mingy's got um, off the bench in a couple of league matches and the cup games to, to boot as well. But his first start in the league for Pompey on Saturday and completely orchestrated it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you said it yourself. We've seen him in the Pizza Cup a few times um, and, and off the bench and he's always he's always made an impact. No matter how long he's had on the pitch, he's, he's come on and made an impact. And I don't think we've got a better player in transition at the moment um, who can take the ball on the turn and take it from defence to attack um, he shrugs off challenges as if they're coming from children he, he's he been he's been an absolute revelation and I appreciate it's only been one league start and we need to temper our expectations a little bit but certainly I think the the idea of Pack and Mingi excites me yeah. and the, fa- the idea of Pack, Mingi and Lowry if we end up changing formation that is a promotion win in midfield mm. Bold claim, Joe, but you can understand why Barry is, is, is saying that because it was a phenomenal performance from Jay Mingo on Saturday. Yes, we probably should reserve our expectations a little bit because there's a long way to go, but if, if he can show those signs against Forest Green Rovers, then that is exciting times for Pompey fans to look forward to. Yeah, he, he brings a completely different dimension to that midfield. Um, there are a lot of players in the, in the modern game, not just at Portsmouth, not just in League One, that can play the 10, 20 yard pass that that, that tend to play their way the way they're facing. One of the things that's always struck me about Mingy when, when we've seen him in these sort of cameo roles or, 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 as Barry said, the Pizza Cup appearances, is his first instinct is never to just play directly back where mm. it came from. His, his natural inclination is to take the ball and drive towards people. And I think what we've seen in the times he's played is a real willingness to drive through those teams, break the lines and commit further players to dealing with him mm. and of course that then opens the space up um, we, we we have a lot of very similar players at the moment that I, I would categorise Morel and Pack as mm. essentially the same man yeah. um, just one that's slightly bigger um, <laughs> and better and better um, that's not a knock on Joe Morell I just think Pack is too good for the division yeah, fair enough yeah. um, so I, in furtherance to what Barry said there I would love to see a midfield three of Pack, Morell mm. and uh, Mingy because I think Mingy gives that, that that explosive nature to it and you look at all the top midfielders that, that people are coveting now yeah. they've all got that ability to turn and go and I think yeah, I think uh, you say that we need to temper our expectations. I think that's that's probably true, but 
it's nice to be excited about something, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, definitely. We're, we're taking nothing away. We're, we're buzzing with this. What a, you know, it's a fantastic performance from Jay Mingy on Saturday. And as, as you mentioned, Barry, it's not, well, both of you, not, it's not just the way that he was, you know, solid at the back and, and really kind of limited Forest Green Rovers. Not too many opportunities. They did have their, their fair few chances. Forest Green not really clear cut in front of goal. Josh Griffiths not tested on too many occasions. But it's not just in that aspect. But as you mentioned, it's the bursting forward. It's the confidence to dart past a man, dart past two men. You know, not play the safe option back to Josh Griffiths or Sean Raggett. And again, taking nothing away from the likes of Marlon Pack and Joe Morrell who do that more often. But Jay Mingy, it's, it's exciting to have that player with that energy and that enthusiasm to do that and the confidence yeah it just brings a different dynamic to the midfield and, and Joe's quite right you know we've got we've got several midfielders that whilst very very good I think we, we've got one of the strongest midfielders in the league they're all very very similar players yeah. and Mingi just disrupts that and changes the dynamic which naturally means going forward and defensively you've got a new avenue to explore and, and something that you know so far won't have been won't have been scouted too much by our opposition so we need to really capitalise on that over the over the next three or four games Yeah, and taking nothing away either from Ryan Tunnicliffe on Saturday Joe one of the five changes Danny Cowley had to make only three midfielders available for the boss with of course Marlon Pack suspended Tom Lowry still out injured so a pull to select from Joe Morrell Welsh international kept on the bench Ryan Tunnicliffe favoured um, over him we heard from Danny Cowley mentioned um, that Joe Morrell didn't have much training time in the week not fully fully fit um, but yeah Ryan Tunnicliffe coming in we mentioned the, the great performance from Jay Mingy and there's no one that can you know really shine above that from Saturday but Ryan Tunnicliffe equally is solid uh, and, and did the job and, and really impressed considering that was his first league start since Morecambe away 16 league games ago last season it's not bad yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say that it's so tough. It's gonna be so tough for for a player to not have that competitive uh, match time in his legs for for so long, and to come in and, and almost just seamlessly fit in. Mm. Um, it was a real testament to him as a as a person and, a, and as a footballer. Um, Danny Cowley obviously rates him as a as a person very highly. To to still have him around, still bring him into the fold when when he needs to. I know that there was uh, there was quite a few rumours about potentially a move to Australia that maybe fell through. Um, you know, it would have been very easy after that to to ignore him and maybe push him out to the sidelines. But I think it shows excellent management on Cowley's part to to still have the the trust and the and the belief in him to bring him into the fold. And and again, this is Pompey have scouted very well here mm. because this is a man whose footballing education is from Manchester United. You don't yeah. play for Manchester United if you don't know how to play football. So, you know, yes, he's not had that game time, but that doesn't leave you. So, no. and I think he's he's done really well there. Uh, Linda Mail on the emails says uh, at least we won <laughs> it was not the best performance but it was a win you don't get any more points for the style of a win plus uh, the plus points was a clean sheet and the performance of Jay Mingy uh, who was man of the match alongside Zach Swanson close behind it would be great to get six points from our next two home games this week to get us back on track play up Pompey Linda Mail on the emails and it wasn't just a win three points a clean sheet a fantastic Mingy performance to take away from Saturday but also a new sporting director Barry Richard Hughes joins the club at the end of the month in what was the Richard Hughes derby on Saturday. I'm sure there were a few uh, emotions behind the scenes, but a new sporting director. We've briefly covered it, but he will be joining in a few weeks' time. Joe mentioned a few moments ago about the recruitment of this team this season, Ryan Turnercliffe and you know, his previous at Manchester United, but with a new sporting director to help out in the January transfer window, as much as we've got the quality and depth, 
going to bode well. Hopefully we can have an actual decent January transfer window for the first time probably in my lifetime. Absolutely. I'm sure Dale was delighted on uh, on Saturday. And, um, yeah, what's that old golf saying? There's no photos on scorecards. Well, there's no <laughs> there's no highlights on points at the end of the season. But, yeah, look, Richard Hughes coming in is, is, if nothing else, going to allow Danny Cowley to focus solely on coaching the team and making sure that we're in the best possible position to win games. Um, and that can only be a positive. We know... We know how good he is. We know we know what he's done for this football club since he's come in, but we, he needs help clearly because without modern football, it just doesn't work without a sporting director slash director of football. Yeah. And and we've been lagging behind in uh, I think behind the scenes for quite a while now. And it's a very very good step towards catching up those that are not just around us geographically, yeah. um, but also getting to where we want to be competitively as well. Okay, more from Barry, more from Joe, and more from myself in a few moments' time. But now we're going to hear the post-match reports of Danny Cowley from Saturday's game. He spoke to Max Watton after the full-time whistle at the New Law. Well, Danny, three points. How do you put that performance into words? Well, I think a really valuable three points. Credit to the group. It's not been an easy preparation going into this game. We obviously um, had a lot of injury issues in the, in the middle of midfield. So, yeah, for us to come through and to, to win the game, I think a clean sheet. I thought we showed a lot of resilience, a lot of determination, a lot of grit. Two EFL debuts from the beginning of a game in, in, in Jay Mingy and Zach Swanson. I think we're really proud of both of those boys because they've worked exceptionally hard to, to this point. It's Jay Mingy's birthday today. So it was a great day for him. It's a, it's a birthday that certainly he'll remember. It's such a special thing to be a professional footballer. And when you make your EFL debut from the start, we all know the amount of dedication, the amount of commitment, the amount of sacrifice that's gone in, not just by him, but by his family and, and all of the people that have worked with him. So, uh, yeah, no, we're we're, we're proud of Jay and proud of Zach um, because, you know, like I said, it's uh, it's a brilliant achievement and and hopefully it'll be the first of many for both of them. You made five changes in total, just as you alluded to there, debuts for Zach, Zach and Jay. How impressed were you with them on, you know, what was their first outing in the league? Yeah, I think um, you probably want to try to give people their, their first starts maybe at home in, in easier circumstances. This was a a tough game for us but that wasn't possible and I thought both of them handled themselves really really well um, Zach keeping a clean sheet great for him I thought Jay was just outstanding first half I thought um, his ability to turn defence into attack he has this fantastic way of receiving the ball and driving past people I thought he was aggressive and snappy in the tackle and yeah I thought it was a really good display I think the next challenge for him now was to give the 90-minute performance. He, he suffered towards the end and we didn't want to have to take him off because it was an important part in the game, but we had to. So now we have to try to work towards the 90-minute performance, but that's a, that's a good challenge for him. And, yeah, I thought they both did well. I mean, there were some changes. Some were, 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 were forced. And we never want to play without Dane Scarlett. Of course we don't because um, he gives us so much energy and intensity, but we have to remember he's only an 18-year-old boy and, and actually he's played more games this season than he did in the whole of last season. And we were in a three-game week, so we had to, to pick and choose when we could play him. And as well as that, we, we have a lot of faith and a lot of belief in, in, in Joe Pigger and it was good to, to get him in from the start today because I thought he, he deserved that. 
You said about the issues in preparation. What does it say about the group that they can come here today and take the three points and a clean sheet as well? Yeah, I think it says a lot, a lot about the group, a lot about the togetherness and the spirit. And you know, people like Ryan Tunnicliffe, I think he deserves real special recognition because um, he hasn't had it all of his own way. Um, we've kept a good relationship. We've always treated each other with respect. And I think when you do that and you're good to other people, then they normally reciprocate in their behaviour. And I thought he gave everything to the group today, and I was, um, I was proud of his performance. He had to give a bit up because he likes to play as the eight and be much more involved offen- offensively. He couldn't do that today. He had to play more as the six in the, in the shape that we picked. But, um, yeah, he put in a really uh, honest, hard-working, team-orientated performance. Sean Raggett with the goal from a well-worked set piece. Is that something you've been working on? Well, it was nice to get on the right side of the set pieces today because we've been frustrated in the last two games because we don't normally get on the wrong side of them. So, no, it was good to score from a set piece. I thought it was two centre-halves. Josh Griffiths, two centre-halves. I thought they were excellent today. Really, really, really good performances and, and a big part of why we won. And just a word on the supporters making a birthday even more special for you. Yeah, I just thought, you know, for us, they just have this kind of intuition, our supporters. When a team suffers, they just know the moment to get behind them and stick with them. Never hear the negativity or the or the moaning and groaning. They, When a team struggles, they seem to always feel that and know how to pick them up and help them. And uh, we needed them today because it wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination. I think we had a really good start. I think we carried goal threat throughout, but I didn't think we had the, the control that we would have liked. But bearing in mind the circumstances and the challenges that we had going into the game, we certainly would have taken the result. Danny Cowley's post-match thoughts there, speaking to Max Swatton at the New Lawn on Saturday. And speaking of Swattons, Andy Swatton's got in touch uh, via the text. Max is very proud of that, I'm sure. He's got in touch saying, Mingi and Tunnicliffe's performances don't surprise me in the slightest. They command their roles in the EFL Cup and Hampshire Cup, which got them matched sharp. Uh, what we saw was a repeat performance from them both, particularly from a Hampshire Cup match where Mingi ran the show. Andy Swatton, thank you very much for your text this evening. I can see you both profusely nodding to that text, and we'll come on to you, Joe, in regards to you know really the the importance of having these competitions, you know the EFL Cup, the League Cup, the uh, Papa John's Trophy, the Hampshire Cup. Whilst they're not the bread and butter, they're not you know it's not really a South Coast derby win, is it? But we'll take it. Um, but this is a good opportunity to see these players come in and, and actually get that match fitness ahead of if they are need to be called up, like Zach Swanson, like Jay Mingy, like Ryan Tunnicliffe, they're ready. Yeah, it's just about sharpness, isn't it? You, you, you can train as much as you like, but unless you're getting those proper hard minutes and against somebody that you don't know, um, you don't know how they play and how they react to things, you, you probably are going to be kind of uh, off the pace a little bit. Um, I, I have my reservations about the, the EFL Cup, um, the, the Papa John's trophy, sorry, um, because... We, we went to the game against Aston Villa and it was almost a pointless fixture inside 40 minutes. Um, the only thing it was good for was, like you say, getting players like Tunnicliffe and Mingy a full, a full run out. But it was so, they were so far off the standard required. Now, that's not to knock the, the Aston no. Villa youngsters because they, the, some of them might, might turn out to be very good players, but it, it just. It looked like men versus boys, yeah. and it was. It wasn't a true test. No, no, it wasn't. But again, like you say, it, it is about getting minutes in legs, and that's what that's what that does. Yeah. Uh, 38 minutes into the show and counting, Barry. Pompey 1-0 winners on Saturday. We still haven't talked about the goal. Sean Raggett, it wasn't a screamer. It's not going to win goal of the season, but Sean Raggett's first goal of the season. And it's exactly where you want your centre-halves to be from a corner. 
not taking the corner, Clark Robertson. If I see Clark Robertson <laughs> take another corner, and that's not to knock his corner taking no, abilities, but it's the same as Harry Kane taking them for England. <laughs> it just does not work. And and who took the corner for Sean Raggett to score? Owen Dale. Owen Dale. So why, why am I doing this all the time? <laughs> Put your centre-halves in the box where they can meet yeah. it. Um, Raggett's already shown he can score. He's done it previously um, several times last season, and he's put it in his own net a couple of times this season. Mm. So clearly he knows where the goal is. <laughs> get him in the box, get Robertson in the box, and whip it in as hard as yeah. you can. And as we mentioned, Joe, it's not the greatest goal, but it is where you want your centre-half to be. Right position, right time, and... Uh, wouldn't say a strong header, but he got enough of a connection on it to to defeat Luke McGee in, in between the sticks, and it's a crucial goal. Uh, nonetheless, you don't need to be scoring screamers, you don't need to be playing extremely well to be winning games. It's just that you do. No, I mean we look, we're all Pompey fans here and listening at home. If if ninety goals a season go off backsides, I don't think we care <laughs> if it ultimately gets us promoted. Um, yeah, Raggett and Robertson should be in in the middle during every single set piece um, we've got two lads that are over six foot three six foot four there they, I, I, you don't have to be brilliant at heading a football to to just be a nuisance and yeah. that's what they need to be and yeah I, I'm happy that that we we finally scored from a corner because I can't mm. think of how many just go blindly missing yeah. especially after last season yeah. where we didn't appear to have any it's almost like takers. a bit like playing FIFA, isn't it? Where there's a glitch where you just don't score from corners. That's been Pompey for the last however many years. But, yeah, no, great, a, a great finish from Sean Raggett to get the goal on Saturday. OK, just under 20 minutes off the football hour remaining this evening. Later on, we're going to come on to talk about tomorrow's game against Oxford United. And we're also going to round up the events of Saturday's 1-0 victory over Forest Green Rovers. We're going to be talking about Dane Scarlett and Joe Piggott after the break. And when we do return, we'll also be hearing from Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler. Now, the girls unfortunately lost by two goals to nil away to Oxford United yesterday afternoon. But we're going to be hearing from the Blues boss in the next part of the show, who, whilst disappointed with Sunday's defeat, is not giving up on his side's ability to bounce back and be back to their best next time around. This is just a moment. Listen, we, we spoke about it at the end. That the, these results coming to these top teams don't define the season. What defines the season is the drop points against Gillingham, the drop points against Bridgewater, the drop points against London Bees. And that's taken no disrespect away from them three, them three teams. They've obviously earned the, the right to win against us. But we need to, to keep consistency and we, we need to hold ourselves accountable for maintaining them high standards. Stay right where you are and don't go anywhere. The Football Hour returns for its conclusion in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you as ever by Stagecoach across the South. Head to their website, stagecoachbus.com, to find out more information on the services they can provide in your area, as well as what they're doing to make their travel cleaner and greener. Okay, just over 15 minutes to go here on the Football Hour. 81400, our text number. Of course, start your messages with the word Express. We want to hear your score predictions for Pompey's visit of Oxford United at Fratton tomorrow. 
Sport at expressfm.com is our email address. You can tweet using at expressfm or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. So to round up the talking points from Saturday, um, Barry, nearly forgot your name then. Do apologise. I've been called worse. <laughs> Dane Scarlett. Um, this is something that we've been talking about uh, in the ad breaks and the, the potential he's got. We heard from Danny Cowley uh, in the previous part of the show about resting Dane Scarlett after what has been a phenomenal start to the campaign. He came on as a sub, didn't get the goal, but neither did Bishop, neither did Piggott. Tomorrow night against Oxford, is this a chance for Dane Scarlett to be rotated back into the team? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, I think similar to when Cowley had Smith Rowe previously, um, he does need to be careful with how much he throws him in and how much he how much he plays. Cowley himself said, uh, Cowley himself said that um, you know he's already played more football this season than he has last season um, at this stage. So. Yeah, we've got to be careful, but we've definitely got a player on our hands. You know, I said to you in the ad break, I uh, was speaking to a guy at Tottenham, and um, they don't believe that long-term they need to replace Harry Kane uh, because they feel like they've already got his replacement, and he's on loan in Portsmouth. So um, it just goes to show you how highly thought of he is in Tottenham. I'd like to see him add more goals yeah. in, a, in a blue shirt at the moment, but I think you can see every aspect of his game is clearly at a higher level than what we are at the moment. And the maturity, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch, when he speaks to the media as well, Joe, but the way he chases down every single lost cause, he doesn't give up anything. He is the, he's the type of Danny Carley player here, epitomises the sort of, you know, the, the youngster that you want running up and down the channels, not giving up on anything. And that's the enthusiasm, the energy you want, regardless of how many goals he is scoring, as, as Barry mentioned. You'd like, to, you'd like him to get a couple more as a striker, of course you would. But what he adds to the team elsewhere, you, you can't fold it. And, and, and he is going to be a big player one day. No, he's going to be massive. I, I Honestly, having watched him several times now, that is a player that if he doesn't get 20 plus England caps, I'll eat my shoes. It, honestly, he, I think he's that good. Um, nice shoes. That is, yeah, and that—that that is a that when you when you get these low knees that are, that are younger, sort of under twenty-one, you quite often see them play, and you think that is still not a man playing a man yeah. in, in in the men's game. Yeah. But he's going up against guys that are, that have been doing this for twenty years and are quite happy to kick him up in the air yeah. or in the head as it was at Sheffield <laughs> and and it, it doesn't bother him he's no. more than happy to give it back and I, it's great to see I I think he's brilliant yeah 15 years time if I'm still doing the football hour and Dane Scarlett's only got 19 England appearances am I eating time. some shoes live on radio you are yeah and I'm, I might finally get my Sean Raggett tattoo as well <laughs> um, why did I bring that up why, why, that's stupid um, right we're going to come on to preview tomorrow's visit of Oxford to Fratton Park in just a few moments time but first uh, a quick word on the Pompey women unfortunately uh, back to action yesterday afternoon they had a fortnight off after a 3-2 defeat to Bridgewater United at Wesley Park uh, just over two weeks ago very late on uh, they conceded two goals to be Losing that one against Bridgewater United, they played Oxford yesterday. Unfortunately, another defeat for Jay Sadler's side by two goals to nil. Max Wharton caught up with the gaffer and asked him to sum that one up. Well, I think first and foremost, we've got to look at our performance. Um, there wasn't any expectation on these girls to come here and win, but there was an expectation to come here and, and to come toe-to-toe and try and perform, I think. First half, we, we were probably too negative um, in our setup, and I've got to take some accountability for that as well. I think I think the messages maybe weren't clear enough, and uh, we needed to get our units higher. And we invited too much pressure. Yes, they're a good football team, and they've got some good rotations, and they found some good pockets, but nothing that really hurt our back line. They had one or two moments. 
and then obviously a moment of madness where where we settled, we played out, uh, they pressed us high, and just I felt we were we were too reactive with our movements, we weren't proactive enough to, to create the double pivot in the middle, to try and create angles, to support inside the pitch and down the line. We got caught and, and the girls finished well um, against Han and it was disappointing, um, but I think it, it kind of went with the flow of the game. Second half, we've obviously made the half-time change. Um, I don't think it worked in the first half. Second half it did and we were able to connect more with them. We were able to get more green zone pre- high pressure, green zone pressure we call it, on their back line. We were able to force mistakes and, and, and we ended up playing a lot better football in that second half. Um, we spoke at half-time of getting quick switches of play out to, to the wide areas and then we, we've, we've created a glorious chance and the balls fell nice to Quirky in front of, in front of goal and it's just gone wide. And I think if you give that, that chance to her, um, she puts that away and unfortunately it didn't today. Um, but that, 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 that moment... Um, obviously would have got us back in the game but I still think we needed to create more opportunities in that half and, and then the penalty decision it's just a lapse um, a poor moment and they've gone 2-0 up and I think that was that was game over You made three changes ahead of the game with Jazz, Ava and T coming in what was your thinking there? Yeah, so we've obviously done some reflection on the team. We're, we're disappointed with recent performances in regards to set plays. Um, so Jazz come back in, give us an aerial threat. And you saw today when, when she does get time in space, she, she can find, she's like a quarterback, she can find plays on the diag. Don't think it worked first half because we were so deep. Um, really disappointed with that first half. But second half, she was able to get on the ball and play. T's had a fantastic week training. Um, so we needed to, to fit her in. And we obviously went with a, a different profile of front three. Um, it didn't work. And I feel for T. The accountability is on me. We, we've asked a lot of her in, in that role and it hasn't worked. We've had to change it. And I think second half, it did work. Um, but that, that was that was because of personnel, character changes. Um, and then obviously in the middle of the park, we've gone with tried and tested. We've gone with a physical battle. We know... Um, Haynes and, and, and Naomi Cole and um, Leah Burridge are, are three very, very good players and we wanted to match them in there. I don't think we did physically. Um, I don't think we were as as brave with the ball as we can be. Um, but this is just a moment. Listen, we, we said, we spoke about it at the end, that th- these results coming to these top teams don't define the season. What defines the season is the drop points against Gillingham, the drop points against Bridgewater, the drop points against London Bees. And that's taken no disrespect away from them three, them three teams. They've obviously earned the, the right to win against us. But we need to, to keep consistency and we, we need to hold ourselves accountable for maintaining them high standards and, and being consistent with it and now we've got to brush ourselves up we've got to learn from this football gives you some very harsh lessons we have to learn quick and then we have to get back on it with Larkle on Sunday There you go the uh, Pompey women manager Jay Sadler speaking to Max Spotton after their 2-0 defeat to the Oxford United women um, yesterday afternoon then next in action uh, on Sunday they're at home to Larkle Athletic as you've just heard there 2 o'clock kickoff at Wesley Park Uh, that's in the FA Women's National League Cup uh, yeah, National League Cup, that is a cup game after the uh, 4-1 victory over Crawley Wasps on the 25th of September. So we're back in action in the Cup uh, on Sunday at home against Larkle Athletic. OK, speaking of being back in action on home turf, the Pompey men are returning to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening rather. Oxford United again uh, making the trip down south. Um, Barry, Oxford... We're going to hear from them in a few moments' time. We're going to hear a bit more detail, the, the facts, the figures, the names behind uh, Carl Robinson's side. They're currently 19th. Um, they start every league one season poor, and they always seem to creep up and, and end either in the playoffs or just outside. So regardless of their poor form at this moment, 
it's going to be a difficult game and I don't want to say that for every game this season but it will be oh absolutely you can't um, you can never discount Oxford no matter how how their form is showing um, and obviously Joe Joe's actually prepared for, for, for today so he'll he'll go into more of the stats but they don't concede a lot they don't score a lot no. we're not expecting a goal first by any stretch we're going to let um, Joe warm up his stats but first let's take a listen to this week's opposition Oxford United making the very short journey to Fratton Park for midweek under the Fran floodlights after Saturday's return to winning ways in the league for Pompey, it's time for a flurry of home fixtures, starting with the midweek visit of Oxford United to PO4. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues' display at Forest Green Rovers of the weekend, whilst unattractive, was effective in securing all three points. Up next, another side struggling at the wrong end of the table. We take a closer look this week at Oxford United. Manager. Carl Robinson has been in charge of the U's for four years and 215 days, having been appointed on the 22nd of March 2018. The same day, his departure from Charlton Athletic was announced. The former MK Dons boss, now 42 years of age, has overseen 250 competitive Oxford games, winning 103. Whilst he has yet to succeed in getting the Yellows out of League One, he does have previous with MK, with whom he won promotion to the Championship with in 2015, finishing runners-up behind Bristol City. One to watch. One-time supposed target for Pompey under Kenny Jacket, Marcus Brown is one to keep a close eye on this time around. The 24-year-old winger rejoined Oxford on a permanent deal back in January, having previously been loaned out to the Kassam Stadium on two separate occasions. Donning for squad number 11, Brown is sure to pose a threat to the Pompey defence with his direct approach and quick movement on the wing to come inside and create dangerous goal-scoring opportunities. Top scorer. 26-year-old Cameron Brannigan is currently the club's leading scorer this season. The former Liverpool youngster, who graduated from the Anfield Academy in 2014, has netted on five occasions in League One so far this term. Brannigan is now vice-captain of the U's, who he signed for way back in January 2018. For those either attending the game at Fratton this week or watching on iFollow, Brannigan will be the player wearing the number eight shirt. Current form. Oxford has followed a bizarre trend under Carl Robinson in League One over the past few seasons, whereby they start each season quite poorly before eventually challenging for the playoff places. And this year is proving to be no different, with Hughes currently occupying 19th position after the opening 13 matches, just two points above the relegation zone. A return of just four points has been picked up from their last five league matches following a draw with Charlton, a 4-2 win at Exeter and a trio of defeats either side and in between those results. Their most recent outing ended in a 2-1 defeat at home to Peterborough United on Saturday, a game which saw Carl Robertson's side reduced to 10 men with 32-year-old striker Matt Taylor showing a straight red card in the second half. Can the Blues build upon the win over Forest Green at the weekend or will Oxford United be the side leaving Fratton Park the happiest this time? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you to pre-recorded me for that little segment on Oxford United, but that's not what we want to hear. We want to hear what Joe Wood has prepared for this evening. Oxford tomorrow, Joe. Midweek clash at Fratton Park. What have you got for us? Yeah, Barry's kind of alluded to it already. Um, don't expect a goal fest here. Um, Oxford actually have the lowest XGA, which is expected goals against in the league, and Pompey are fourth in that stat. Um, now, the, the other part of that stat is... Oxford also have one of the lowest XG in the league right. at 13.6 um, against their 14 goals scored. 
However, that number does include three penalties, so you can take off about 2.4-ish mm. for that. Um, the dangers coming from the flanks, they have the third most accurate crosses in the league per 90 minutes, so maybe that gives Michael Morrison a, a, an yeah. angle in dealing with crosses. Um, but the problem that Oxford are going to have is Matty Taylor suspended after yeah. getting sent off. Um, I read the Oxford match report this weekend and they were not pleased with that. No, I, there was an article today from Oxford saying that they have appealed it. Yeah. It was a straight red, but whether it's successful or not, it's not been announced yet. I'm sure we'll find out before tomorrow's game. But yeah, Matty Taylor suspended for that one. Yeah, and, and a lot of the advanced stats I went through, um, Pompey and Oxford are actually separated by very little, which makes it somewhat surprising that you see Oxford so far mm. down the table but then that's reflected in their inability to score yeah. they're not they're not doing it at either end as Barry said so yeah I, I wouldn't go expecting a 5-all no. thriller I um, told you we'd prepared didn't I are you going to eat your shoes if it is 5-all absolutely not you're going to have to buy you two pairs of shoes I'm gonna, yeah there'll be a lot of shoes being eaten uh, in a nutshell difficult game tomorrow Oxford United they don't have Golby Bishop and they don't have Tottenham's next number 9 but it will be a tough game nonetheless and they will be restricting Pompey off their chances likewise the other way around well thank you both very much I wish I could hear more from you know the stat man himself and I wish I could hear more from yourself Barry as well been an absolute pleasure do thank you both for, for travelling down and joining us today Barry score prediction time Pompey Oxford how's this one going 1-0 Dane Scarlett 1-0 Dane Scarlett Joe I now can't say 1-0 because you said 1-0 and uh, you can't I, say 5 all either cause... no no um, I think 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, two, one. to Pompey oh, that's a lot of goals that's, that's a lot of goals for an Oxford game, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Joe's coming back on the Football Hour Friday because it's going to be 5 all. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Bring your trainers, your cheapest pair of trainers that you don't like. Uh, 5 all. yeah, why not? Uh, Golby Bishop, hat-trick. And, uh, I'll give you some ketchup just to <laughs> get down. You can join myself, Robbie James and Barry Harris for tomorrow's visit of Oxford United here. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey picked up a much-needed three points at Forest Green Rovers on Saturday afternoon. Dale whipped it deep towards the far post. Raggett, the target, knocked it down and into the back of the net. And Sean Raggett has his first Portsmouth goal of the season. They next return to Fratton Park to take on Oxford United. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There you go then. So like I said, myself, Robbie James and Barry Harris will be joining us for all of the unmissable action at PO4 tomorrow evening. Kick-off 7.45. Our coverage here on Express FM starts from 7 o'clock here on Pompey Live. OK, straight after the news at 7 this evening, the Soft Rock Show with Jeff and Aid. They'll be here chatting to Glenn Tilbrook of Squeeze. They'll also have new music from Katie Blount and Fox Palmer as well. That 80 show with Kevin Stokes returns from 9 through until 11 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow morning, Ian James wakes you up with Express Breakfast. It's Tuesday, so it's named the intro game with Ian and he'll also be chatting to local performer Indy Harris from Lee Park who has been scouted to appear in X Factor star Scarlett Lee's Christmas single video so do join Ian with uh, Indy Harris tomorrow morning Paul Marsh is back from 10 for until 1 Darren Gamblin is back between 4 and 6 tomorrow afternoon with your drive time just great songs all day long the news the travel the sport all of the updates from around the world between 4 and 7 with Darren Gamblin and then of course Pompey Live return 
of myself, Robbie James and Barry Harris for the visit of Oxford United. Can Pompey make it back-to-back league victories for the first time in what seems like a very, very long time? 7 o'clock we start, 7.45 kickoff. But until then, have a great evening. Stay safe, Pompey fans. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good night. Take care. And play out Pompey. <laughs>